Anybody who's in search of truth needs to have paths to gain knowledge. And there are some people that teach knowledge, and then there are people that teach people how to obtain it. This is Deep Talk. I'm very obsessed with the notion of teaching people how to see the world in a new way. Things that might be right in front of us cannot necessarily be seen by the naked, untrained eye. And so giving someone a lens by which they can perceive a new reality or a new version of themselves or a new way to look at the world is a really neat thing to give, even though you're not giving them any new knowledge necessarily. So much of the world is not this or that. There's not usually one way to do something. And uh, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of trial and error, a lot of time and investment versus if you're just teaching them the knowledge and they move on. So I, I feel like to, to sort of teach them how to fish, it takes a lot longer than that. Yeah, it's an investment. But you come out hopefully with a better type of person because when you transfer knowledge, you're essentially making a clone. You're not giving them routes to explore. You know, you're just giving them destinations, which is the facts and the information that you've come to. I remember at any level of schooling that I've had being very enthralled with a teacher that helped me get somewhere as opposed to handed me something. I retain knowledge better when someone gives me a path, helping me go where I'm interested in without necessarily trying to thrust certain information on me. And to that information, I embrace it more than information that's just presented at face value. So I'm sure it is much more difficult for a teacher to give someone a method by which to learn versus giving them knowledge to adopt and essentially be a clone of the teacher. I think a common misconception is that just because you've conquered something, I think you feel like, oh, I've been through it so I can teach it very well. But the skill set of working with another person and you know knowing their learning style but also having the foresight of the future but dealing with the ambiguity and weighing all of that is an entirely different skill set yeah you can have all the knowledge in the world but if you don't know how to be empathetic enough to shape it into something palatable for somebody else then you failed as a teacher despite what you know have you read much in the way of, like, scientific literature? Yeah, I read a lot. That, okay. That's kind of up my alleyway. Okay, I don't at all, maybe mm -hmm. with the exception of one or two articles. What little I've delved into, the only thing I've pulled from it is not the information, but how shittily some scientists write. Mm. <laughs> Which makes sense to me that a scientist whose job is to push their field forward is not an amazing author. I'm sure there are exceptions to that, but the bulk 
of scientific literature is being written by people whose priority is not illustration. It's not their mm-hmm. job. It's not what it's they're It's the scientific for. process is their job. Yeah. 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 And that tends to be a dry process mm-hmm. and one of numbers and data and making that information palatable is a whole other art form. Mm. So you're totally right about a teacher only being an effective teacher if they can effectively convey the knowledge. If it's not interesting to a student, if it's not palatable, then they've failed as a teacher despite what they know. (laughs) It's so complicated. Like... (laughs) I feel like the more you know, the more complicated it gets. There's just so many variables to consider working with an individual. Like, are they an extrovert? Are they an introvert? You can also hyperanalyze biologically. How does their amygdala respond to things? How does their limbic system respond to things? What are some of the childhood development processes they've been through? What are their, you know, current drives and interests in life? And a lens is, it's kind of just adding a color, you know, a, a layer over the world. And the world is unpredictable. And I feel like a core element to that relationship is a no judgment zone. Because life is so, it's so messy, you know. It is. Like, and and so sometimes messy. I have enough pride to think that if I was in somebody else's situation, I mm-hmm. wouldn't screw up like them. As if there's something innately good or hardworking about my soul that would just mm-hmm. permeate all different lifestyles. I was born into a really good family, but mm-hmm. so many kids get messed up by their childhood. And it's hilarious to think that child abuse, if I was the recipient of it, wouldn't mess me up and wouldn't throw me off course. When you assume the role of being a teacher, building that connection with someone to where they're vulnerable with you, because that's really what life is. Being okay with being wrong, with feeling weird, with doing things horribly. And that's like complete opposite from education, which is circle A and and you get it right. And I think that those are even the worst teachers, like the ones who say there's one right answer. And the best teachers are the ones who give partial credit. You know, like I had a teacher who gave us one point for writing something, like not leaving it blank, anything. (laughs) Mm. And it's not laziness on their part necessarily. It's respect for the nuance of knowledge, right? Yeah. You kind of circled this um, yeah, I'm feeling very circly, by the way. Well, no, but, but <laughs> what I heard just then was mm-hmm. a teacher is not solely a teacher. They also, if they want to be effective, have to take on the role of a parent in that a certain amount of empathy to the child's or grown-ass adult's situation is required. A good teacher has to know who they're imparting wisdom to. So as to kind of shape it through a lens that the child or the full-ass adult Mm. can understand. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, our our individual experiences shape the world for us and build a lens, accurate or not, 
by which all of us perceive the world differently. And so two people can look at the same thing and come to totally different conclusions mm-hmm. about what sits in front of them. So it's up to a teacher to take on a parental role to understand their child or grown ass adult enough to teach them in a way that will actually be well received. Which also transfers into a teacher has to be open to being taught because Whoa. that person <laughs> because that person is an individual and they will have complete different interest in you. And just because, you know, sort of the steps you took and, and your perceptions of life felt right for you, I guarantee you they probably won't be right for them. No. Being open to learning about a completely different activity. Sometimes I feel like I can't relate to this new generation of people. It's a very crotchety perspective. I think one antidote to a lack of empathy, the acceptance that information will not always be readily received, but it could be a seed. That is to say, my my dad said this phrase throughout my life that didn't make sense for most of it and probably still doesn't make sense today. Um, He said, wherever you are, that's where you'll be. And at certain points in my life, I've perceived that phrase differently. Wherever you are, that's where you'll be. Sometimes just seeing it as like, oh, it's just nonsense, but it sounds wise. And other times just feeling like, wow, yeah, I really need to be present when I'm somewhere or else, you know, what's the point of being at a place at all? I think it's very wise on a teacher's end to understand that if you plant a seed now, the discovery of that knowledge or the appreciation of that knowledge might not come to fruition for the kid or the grown-ass adult that you're teaching for years. And that's okay. Very rarely can we know someone with such intimacy in our lives that everything sticks as we're trying Mm. to teach them. And so to be okay with the fact that not everything will kind of bloom in front of you when it comes to their own discoveries is essential. It's not your job to blow them away with every piece of knowledge. It's, it's, <laughs> it's your job to give them an opportunity to discover it for themselves one day. When you can't reach somebody with empathy, when there just seems to be too big a gap, that might be one element that can give you comfort as a teacher. The knowledge will get through to them eventually, if not right now. Because that's the beauty of, of a human. The memory carries on throughout our lives. Not all of them, but we leave ripples in each other's lives. And something that makes no sense today could mean the world to them in 10 years. And if you are so self-centered and so wise to think that it's pointless to try and teach this person this thing because they're just too stupid or too self-centered to take it in, then you're removing the possibility for that person to discover it later in life because you never implanted it in them. 
to teach it needs to come from a place of love and part of love is knowing when to make those calls knowing when that relationship of teaching should end because it benefits them or you know knowing when to to make the tough um, critique well knowing when to stop is very interesting something hit me the other day i think i texted it to you in the pursuit of knowledge very rarely do we suddenly just keep getting hit with new awesome information that actually pertains to us and we actually feel but occasionally those times happen where you're just kind of on a roll new concepts or new feelings or new lenses with the world but there can come a point as rare as it may be where you hit something of a wall that I want to call revelation fatigue. Despite the helpfulness and the applicability of the knowledge, the sheer amount of inspiration is not sticking, not all of it, just because there's only so much of your mind being blown that you can take at a time. It's <laughs> so funny. Before your mind blows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of chemicals that are contributing to this experience while you're having these existential breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, the feeling that captures it and makes it worth experiencing starts to get depleted. And so, like you said, it's very important to know when to stop or to pause. I feel like that's a really big trait of a teacher is picking up on what that looks like, you know, for each person. And it varies by day and it varies. It, it, it requires sort of a, a social attunement. And it may not be something that that person even understands. Well, there's some Buddhist anecdote that talks about a student who comes to a teacher and says, I want to learn. The teacher, knowing this kid, knowing that he already has such strong preconceptions of the world, says, let me make you some tea. And as the student holds out his teacup, the teacher begins to pour. And slowly the tea rises and continues onto the rim And the teacher keeps pouring to a point where the tea is actually just spilling over. And at a certain point, the student is just like, maybe he's lost his marbles. Maybe he's just not thinking, hey, I got enough. I don't need any more. It's full. And the teacher's like, exactly. Come back when your teacup is empty. And so it was wisdom on the teacher's part to understand that At certain points, while one might say, I'm eager to learn, there's a certain amount of work that has to be done for any of this information to be received. And so to understand when to impart wisdom is huge. It's critical. Not at all points in our our life are we eager and willing to receive inspiration. Imagine the power, if you could just pick up a book that had all the greatest quotes of the greatest minds and you read through each one, you would have a complete understanding of the world. You would be comfortable in all circumstances. You would denounce any irregularity and you would stand as a strong stone upon the hill. 
If only we could absorb that much information that potently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those books are out there, man. That stuff can change your life, but but so much of it is the perceiver's problem, not the information. We can't just take in all of this at once. You know, we have yeah. to go through certain trials in our life that allow us to accept that that is something that we believe. It's almost as if learning is spontaneous. There are so many different factors, like where you're at in your life and, and what you're interested in and what you don't care about, what you hate. The amount of elements that come into a mind-blowing moment, you can't anticipate it, you can't predict it. So yeah, it does almost feel entirely random when it happens. Because <laughs> as soon as you try to systemize it, if you say, okay, I learned something, now give me three hours and then you can teach me something else <laughs> or three days three weeks the systemization of, of parting wisdom numbs you numbs you yep yeah that's very true and th and that's why it's crazy important to not rely on one teacher throughout life because mm. even the intimacy that they've invested in you in figuring you out can lead to numbness there's no freshness to the relationship anymore and so the words that they're saying might become dry but if you look at other people and at the world and at your mistakes and failures as lessons then you give yourself many more opportunities to blow your own mind a different position to be in is when you're so hungry for a teacher you're so hungry to learn but you just don't know how to find one. What do you think about that? If you don't even know how to perceive the world, mm. then you must be a vegetable, right? I mean, I think <laughs> I think everybody is born with some kind of perception or bias on the world. But to acquire a new one is crazy difficult. And everyone around you is not going to be a shining example of seeing the world through a new lens. They're just going to see it how they see it. And so I don't know if there's any universal way to reach out to a lost person and hand them a new perception. It begs the question, can you help someone who doesn't want to help themselves? For any student to learn anything, they have to be something of a teacher themselves in that there's a certain amount of um, power and knowledge in being a sponge. You know, you might not know a damn thing about anything, but if you can take in new things, then you're the smartest person in the world. But it's very hard to stay in that mindset. As young as I am, I can feel my ideals and my perceptions on the world solidifying. And I think it's an active fight to stay naive because it's comforting to a certain extent to believe that you get it. You anchor yourself to certain things that you think are infallible, but inevitably those things will eventually be challenged. And if at that time one of your foundational principles is challenged or proved wrong and you cling to what you thought was absolute truth, then that is a divergence from discovery. 
If you hold on to this principle that, oh, they're in a mindset of not wanting to be helped, then you're not really allowing them to change. That's my own bias as a teacher in perceiving them as someone who can't change. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, therefore, uh, I'm not going to impart knowledge to somebody that I think won't utilize it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, to assume that you know what they need is hilarious. You're assuming that they just aren't willing to learn, but maybe it's simply the fact that the, the thing that you're trying to teach just doesn't jive with them. It doesn't mean they can't learn something else. You know, it's laziness on the part of a teacher to, to try and teach something to a student for that information not to be received and for the conclusion to be they're not teachable. As if it's a set trait, when in reality, People are evolving creatures constantly and and really what you'd want to do as a teacher is just establish a relationship of trust because there is no answer.